Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 5.57 a.m. Central Daylight Time. It's the 26th of July, 2021. This is episode 462 of Bitcoin. And yes, the reports of protests against Bitcoin in El Salvador were real. I believe 100 news reports and, well, 10 actual protesters. Let's start the week off right with this one out of Bitcoin Beach. It's just a tweet, but uh, it shows what I had. It's got a picture that basically illustrates exactly what I had imagined was going on in El Salvador with these quote-unquote protests that you kept hearing about. The picture that I have in this tweet shows a backed-off picture of the entire scene, the entire protest, which takes up about the volume of a street crosswalk. Shit you not, dude. The picture that I'm seeing has this huge, massive, you know, barbed wire, razor wire fence in front and stopping maybe 20 people, maybe 20 people. Some of them are holding signs. They're very upset about Bitcoin, apparently. These 20 people are just, they're so besides the, beside themselves that they had probably to work with somebody internal in the government to get all this shit set up because it comes complete with cops in riot gear. This is just complete and utter bullshit. And this is the world that we live in today, ladies and gentlemen, where what you see, you better get 50 different angles from because otherwise you will not actually know what you're looking at because all of the actual reports, and I've got my fingers up in air quotes, all the news reporting, all the pictures that they showed were really up close of the sign and the anger and the that you can see in the faces of these people that are so vehemently opposed to Bitcoin. Oh my God, we're all gonna die. Oh no. Yeah, and then when you back off from it, you realize it's nothing. It This is tantamount to a bunch of people standing on a street corner, you know, protesting whatever their protest du jour is. It's not masses in the streets. It's nothing like that. It doesn't even, it doesn't even resemble, you know, like I said, a whole bunch of people standing on the street corner like that you see every once in a while holding signs for whatever it is that they're pissed off about today. Now, <clears throat> there has been news reports that a uh, hundred or 1,123 El Salvadorians were were uh, polled and they don't like, and like some of them really don't like Bitcoin, upwards of 70%. <gasps> what a sample size, ladies and gentlemen, 1,100 people in a country with, you know, a lot more than that. So I don't know at, at this point, between this protest picture that I'm looking at, and the numbers that I'm seeing rolling out of this quote-unquote poll, I, you know, 
I would take it with a grain of salt, honestly. Let's get into the rest of this shit. Bitcoin is key to the future of Twitter, Jack Dorsey says. And Helen Parts is going to write about it more for Cointelegraph. Uh, Bitcoin, the world's largest cryptocurrency by market cap, will be one of the key trends for the future of Twitter, CEO Jack Dorsey declared. The Twitter CEO said that Bitcoin would be a big part of the company's future at the second quarter earnings call, outlining the digital currency's potential to further transform Twitter products and services. Referring to Bitcoin as a native currency of the internet, Dorsey described opportunities to integrate BTC into existing Twitter services, including commerce, subscriptions, and new features such as Twitter tip jar and, quote, super follows. Yay, I saw that for the first time the other day and was almost kind of started retching a little bit. The CEO explained to investors that a lot of Bitcoin-enabled innovation is just above a currency to be had. Or, sorry, let's try that one again. It's Guys, it's 6 o'clock. Give me a break here, man. The CEO explained to investors that a lot of Bitcoin-enabled innovation is above just currency to be had, as Twitter is committed to decentralized <clears throat> social media and provide more economic incentives. He noted that Bitcoin is one of the three key trends for Twitter's future alongside artificial intelligence and decentralization. Quote, I think it's hugely important to Twitter and to Twitter shareholders that we continue to look at the space and invest aggressively in it, he said. Dorsey emphasized that Twitter is not alone in its commitment to crypto, <clears throat> citing aggressive digital currency developments by social media giant Facebook, which expects to pilot its DM currency later this year. But unlike Facebook, Twitter will one day focus on BTC as the native internet open standard. Dorsey stated, quote, there's an obvious need for this and an appreciation for it. And I think that an open standard that's native to the internet is the right way to go, which is why my focus and our focus eventually will be on Bitcoin, end quote. Dorsey's latest Bitcoin call is reportedly the first time when the CEO has spoken publicly about how Twitter could integrate BTC into its products. The new remarks came shortly after Dorsey had discussed Bitcoin at the virtual BTC event, the B word, alongside Tesla CEO Elon Musk and Kathy Wood. Uh, Dorsey said that many existing business models would be much different if Bitcoin existed before Twitter or Facebook. Quote, we would certainly not have <clears throat> the dependency that we have on the advertising business model, he noted. Dorsey is known as a major early Bitcoin believer, repeatedly arguing that Bitcoin is poised to be the single currency of the internet since at least 2018. His crypto-friendly digital payments firm Square is a solid Bitcoin investor, purchasing $50 million in BTC in late 2020 and then buying an extra $170 million in BTC in February 2021. And those are dollars, not, not BTC as in the amount of coins. Um, okay, that's great. Think about it this way, though. The whole one of the one of the oh, one of the cornerstones of the technology of Bitcoin is essentially Adam Back's hash cash, i.e., proof of work. And the whole notion was to stop email spam, you know, to make it costly to spam, you know, you know, email by having to pay for it. Essentially, it was a stamp tax. I mean, when, when you get right down to it. But I mean, you know, honestly, it was brilliant because it was definitely stopping the spam. Now, apply that shit to Twitter. What if to send a tweet, you've got to pay a minimum of 10 Satoshis? Think about it. 
Uh, that is not outside the realm of possibility. If, if he flips the switches in the right way, that could happen. Or, or it could be something like this. The tweet is free, but if you add a picture, you know, or a video, or like a picture is 10 Satoshis, but a video is 20 Satoshis. Hell, there could be a whole menu, right? So be careful what you wish for because those prices could actually go up to where, I don't know, you're paying a buck a tweet. Now, what will that do? <clears throat> well, it will certainly limit, it would certainly limit the amount of bullshit that I have to deal with. But some of the bullshit that I have to deal with, I actually kind of appreciate. You know, off the cuff, you know, tweets, somebody, you know, like, especially like, you know, some of the retweets that I see, like, let's say that if you retweet somebody without saying, without quote tweeting it, it costs you, you know, 25 Satoshis. But if you quote tweet it, it's only five Satoshis, right? So, you know, so a lot of, a lot of the things that I get in my, my uh, Twitter feed that I curate pretty heavily, by the way, is, uh, you know, like a, just a simple retweet from people like Dan Held. I like Dan. Dan, when he retweets something, you know, I, there's some stuff in it that I really, I, I would have missed. So think about the permutations of this, because it could get, it could get really weird if you look at micropayments and tweet, you know, for tweeting, uh, you know, just, I'm just saying, just kind of thinking out loud there. Now, edge wealth management increases Bitcoin exposure by over 40%. That's right. Nomsios has it for Bitcoin Magazine. Edge Wealth Management has disclosed ownership of 54,134 shares of Grayscale Bitcoin Trust in a 13FHR form filing with the SEC, representing a 43.95% increase in the 37,000 shares it held in April. GBTC has become a popular investment vehicle among institutions for obtaining indirect exposure to Bitcoin. The trust, which might turn into an exchange-traded fund soon, TM, attempts to track the Bitcoin market, pri uh, market price, minus fees, and expenses. Edge's move over the past <clears throat> quarter took place while the Bitcoin price experienced a significant decline, now trading 50% below its previous high in April. This demonstrates a buy-the-dip mentality amongst institutional investors who are enjoying lower pricers to accumulate more Bitcoin, something Grayscale CEO Michael Shonenshin, or however you pronounce it, uh, also recently commented on. Additionally, comparing Edge's two most recent quarter filings reveals that the firm liquidated all exposure to Ethereum ah, that it had bought through Grayscale Ethereum Trust. Now a total of zero shares, bitches. The company may have realized the uniqueness of Bitcoin and enjoyed <clears throat> stacking sats at a discount, albeit indirectly. <clears throat> Institutional interest in Bitcoin has increased dramatically in 2021, driving an ETF analyst claim that it might end up leading to the SEC to hurry up and approve a Bitcoin exchange traded fund sometime this year. Other institutional investors who have recently bought the dip include a Rothschild Investment Group, which more than tripled its Bitcoin exposure over the past quarter, and ARK Invest, which purchased nearly half a million GBTC shares this week for over $10 million. While directly holding Bitcoin doesn't become a norm for institutions thirsty for BTC exposure, indirect investment vehicles such as GBTC and Bitcoin ETFs <clears throat> have absorbed the vast demand. However, 
As Bitcoin matures, it may become more accessible for institutional investors to grab a piece of the pie and directly hold Bitcoin in their balance sheets, something retail is currently way more proficient at. Yeah, no shit. That's why DCA. I mean, I have, I have direct exposure to Bitcoin price because I directly hold Bitcoin. All right, and so should you. This whole indirect exposure is a mindset from the Stone Age. You don't need to do that, except in cases where it, you are legally bound to have to do that. But again, those strictures are from the Stone Age. It was like these were all quote unquote protections for the masses and whatnot like that. But check it out though. What happens if instead of turning into an ETF, and the, what I'm probably gonna what I'm gonna say is probably likely illegal, honestly. But what if, what if Barry just decides, like, let's say that the ETF gets shut down and he's stuck in this, with this GBTC vehicle that people can just sidestep and go to Brazil or buy, you know, Canadian ETF stuff and have even more direct exposure to Bitcoin itself. What if he just auctions them off? I'm not saying sell them on, on the open market. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, hey, look. Like I can see a letter going out that says, look, we're going to dissolve the GBTC trust, right? We're not going to sell the coins, but we are going to like, we're going to auction at a premium the share, like the representative Bitcoin that your shares claims to quote unquote own. Yes, you can, we're going to give you the Bitcoin directly so that you can directly hold it, but we're going to charge you 15% on top of that to be able to do that. Otherwise, we'll auction it to the next highest bidder and then you can just cash out your GBT shares into cash. Something like that. I mean, because if he's stuck with GBTC forever, now that there are countries that have full-blown ETFs online that are apparently very popular, you know, he, I mean, while he gets his whatever 2%, I think Barry Silbert's looking for something more than that. You know, I, you know so if he doesn't get approval for an ETF, how long does he have has to how how long does he have to sit babysitting this GBTC thing, which is, in my opinion, is kind of in decline. Even though this this news story says different, because they you know these people have been increasing their you know their exposure, but still that's I think we're just in you know a Stone Age mindset, and that's why it's still able to do this. But I don't know, man. I don't see that momentum carrying forward very much longer. But we got other fish to fry. Bitcoin ATMs are popping up to meet demand and propel mainstream adoption. Bitcoin Magazine, again, Nomsios, dude, writing the living shit out of stuff. <coughs> Bitcoin ATMs are popping up across the United States as Bitcoin adoption grows. The machines provide a convenient, hassle-free experience for anyone to purchase Bitcoin, meeting the growing demand across the country with some trade-offs. In less than a year, Bitcoin ATM units deployed in the United States have more than doubled, now amounting to over 38,000 machines, according to How Many Bitcoin ATMs, an independent research site. Uh, <clears throat> in West Texas, Bitcoin ATMs have popped up at gas stations and grocery stores, reported CBS7. The machines allow customers to walk in and trade cash for BTC up to $18,000, and the machines <clears throat> also bring in business, a store owner said in the report, because customers often end up buying other products at the store. The company operating these machines in West Texas, Quadcoin, told CBS7 that the simplicity of the purchasing process has ramped up demand 
leading the company to sketch expansion plans. I'm going to pause right there. One, two things on this paragraph. Um, the fact that the simplicity of purchasing the 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 simplicity of the purchasing process has ramped up demand means that the user experience is important. We always knew that, but when the user experience actually increases demand for what it is that you're getting on the other side of the experience, that's you should take that as like you should note that noted. Second, when you say leading the company to sketch expansion plans, please understand that the term sketch is kind of a derogatory urban slang term for sketchy. Okay, pick another word, dude. Sketch expansion plans sounds bad. Quad Coin founder Mark Shoykit said he founded the company after he he assured there was demand and people wanted Bitcoin everywhere, reported Reuters in March. He got that right. According to the report, ATM's ease of use leads people to make a quick stop and buy Bitcoin anytime. Eyeing the growing demand and based on successful deployment examples, convenience store chain Circle K announced yesterday that it had partnered with Bitcoin ATM company Bitcoin Depot. Actually, this was Friday, but whatever. The collaboration will bring Bitcoin ATMs to Circle K stores in the United States and Canada, and over 700 machines have already been installed. With every convenience, however, comes a cost. In the case of purchasing Bitcoin through ATMs, the cost is represented by fees and identification procedures. Some operators charge as much as 30% for every purchase at their ATM, and identification procedures range from phone number verification for smaller purchases to ID submission for larger ones. Bitcoin, which prides itself on free market structures, game theory, and economic incentives, wins by as many different purchasing options as there are in a market. A peer-to-peer market provides an opportunity for privacy-conscious individuals, for instance, while a regulated exchange can offer greater ease of use for online buyers and different alternatives, given that they encourage self-custody, are what likely will drive adoption further. You know, what's odd about the whole Bitcoin ATM machine that we don't really get into is the question of, is every Bitcoin ATM machine a Bitcoin full node as well? If you were doing it right, the answer is yes, it's a Bitcoin full node, which leads me to the next possible question, you know, when lightning, if you got a Bitcoin full node running, you are one step away from an ATM that is lightning enabled. You're one step away. And Bitcoin Magazine tells us a little bit about it, but not to ATMs, but we're going to read this one from Bitcoin Magazine. Sagi Bakshi is writing this. In a flash, Bitcoin can become the default uh, digital reserve currency of the world. Bitcoin is king. It is still the best performing asset of our lives. It has silenced its harshest critics and only continued to grow in adoption, usability, and relevance. The fact that Bitcoin has achieved all this in only 12 years is remarkable. However, there is a very real specter that has been haunting the Bitcoin blockchain since inception, speed. As adoption, God, you know, I'm so sick of people needing shit right now. Aren't you? How much, I mean, how much do you actually need immediately? I mean, do you immediately need to wake up or do you give it a few minutes? Do you immediately need to whip out your your tallywhacker and take a whiz wherever the hell you are? Or, you know, I don't know. Can you be responsible and find a freaking bathroom? You don't need to do everything right now. 
And it's one of the reasons we are in the state of bullshit that we're in in the entire world is everybody thinking that if it didn't happen yesterday, it didn't happen at all. It's stupid, man, and it's getting us in trouble. Continuing, as adoption continues to bring billions in institutional money, retail, venture capital, and now even entire countries into the Bitcoin ecosystem, we are facing the congestion and throughput problems many feared would keep Bitcoin from achieving all of its lofty revolutionary goals. Despite this, and even despite the rise of altcoins and the scalability challenges facing Bitcoin, it will continue to build upon its successes and inevitably become the primary digital reserve currency of the world economy. How? With a bolt of lightning. If a blockchain network cannot scale to meet the needs of the global digital economy, there is no hope of achieving mainstream adoption. There are many pressures, or rather, there are many measures for scalability, but the most common is throughput. For context, Visa's payment network can process an estimated 24,000 transactions per second, though in reality, only needs to complete about 1700 per second. By comparison, Bitcoin processes between four and five transactions per second. In other words, Bitcoin is painfully slow. Bitcoin's latency is in large part what motivated the rise of altcoins. Shitcoin one, shitcoin two, shitcoin three, to name a few, all advertise high transaction throughput in comparison to Bitcoin. Many Bitcoin users would argue that speed isn't the ultimate aim for Bitcoin, you got that right, whose primary purpose is to serve as a store of value and to hedge against inflation. Admittedly, there is a real need for preserving wealth through time to dodge the ravages of fiat currency inflation that have wreaked havoc on countries like Venezuela, Zimbabwe, Argentina, and Iran. However, Bitcoin purists never doubted that Bitcoin should also live up to the original vision of a peer-to-peer electronic cash system laid out in Satoshi Nakamoto's Bitcoin white paper. So, how does Bitcoin arrive at this vision as a global currency and means of exchange in addition to a store of value? The Bitcoin cash hard fork was one potential solution. (laughs) I can't believe you even wrote the sentence, dude. The Bitcoin cash hard fork was one potential solution to scalability. By increasing block size, more transactions could be included at a time. However, Bitcoin cash can still only process a meager 116 transactions per second. It also failed miserably in the adoption test. Enter the Lightning Network. The Lightning Network works by offloading capacity from the main Bitcoin blockchain onto a second layer of payment channels. Since Bitcoin scalability issues are driven by the fact that each transaction has to be broadcast to the entire network and included in the main Bitcoin blockchain by utilizing Lightning Network, two entities can open a payment channel between them to enable instantaneous and frictionless payments. The only time transactions are broadcast to the entire chain is when they open or close a channel. Lightning's real magic lies in the fact that you don't have to open a channel with someone in order to transact with them. The network knows how to send money across existing channels from sender to receiver. Say Alice and Bob have a channel and Bob and Charlie have a channel. Alice can pay Charlie by hopping through their mutual friend Bob. Suddenly, those 4.2 transactions per second can scale into the billions. Now, the efficacy of Sochi's original vision becomes plausible. The case can now be made unequivocally for Bitcoin as a viable digital currency usable in everyday life across the globe. 
The Lightning Network's adoption has grown exponentially, nearing 13,000 nodes and $60 million in total locked Bitcoin, and is offering solutions to Bitcoin scalability to places like El Salvador, Vietnam, and the Philippines, and many other nations in desperate need of alternatives to their national currencies. The Lightning Network now <clears throat> even seems to be garnering the attention of mainstream players as Twitter is eyeing the implementation of the protocol into the platform. Even with the Lightning Network in use <clears throat> and growing in popularity all of the time, there still stands other obstacles Bitcoin must overcome to become the digital reserve currency of the world. Ever since Nixon broke the U.S. peg from gold standard in 1971, the United States dollar has been in a state of inflation, now losing nearly 4% of its value every year. Indeed, inflation is inevitable with any fiat currency, but the rise of digital currencies like Bitcoin presents an alternative that is immune to fiat's failings. As the Lightning Network grows in adoption, Bitcoin will realize Satoshi Nakamoto's original intention as a store of value and means of payment. Already, we can see multiple reasons why Bitcoin is expertly positioned to be a dominant form of currency. It is often the first cryptocurrency acquired by those new to the crypto space. It is the most well-known, highly regarded, and commonly held cryptocurrency in the world. Bitcoin also has endless use cases as a universal form of exchange on almost all centralized exchanges, decentralized exchanges, and nearly any DeFi platform one can find. With the additional help of a fast, high-throughput <clears throat> overlay network such as Lightning, Bitcoin has the potential to become the global reserve currency of the future. Yeah, yeah, pretty much nails it. But we can't, you know, leave out other, you know, side chains like Liquid because that's going that's going to happen. It, I mean, Liquid sidechain is already here. It's almost completely unused at this point. Then that's that's okay. Lightning was almost completely unused when it first started up. <clears throat> and that is no longer the case. Liquid is fairly new in its in its implementation, so give it a chance. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I know you're gonna yell at me. Oh, there's shit coins on on Liquid. Yeah, there's gonna be shit coins everywhere, dude. Get used to it. I I have finally I've I made peace a long time ago with the fact that I was never gonna see another day without some kind of shit coin. All right, so it, it, it's up to the people that are spinning these tokens up. <clears throat> as to why they would be useful if they have any use at all and you're just gonna like i said you're just gonna have to live with it man i you know i don't love them i i hate them and i'm not gonna use them i'm not gonna support their network uh but i'm not gonna be able to get rid of them now am i all right let's move on switching gears amazon plans to accept bitcoin payments this year claims insider oh that's not really switching gears is it sam borgi is uh writing this one for uh, what's Coin Telegraph? Yeah, an anonymous source within Amazon has reportedly told London business newspaper City AM that the e-commerce giant is planning to start accepting Bitcoin payments by the end of 2021, possibly setting the stage for broader mainstream acceptance of crypto transactions. Quote: This isn't just going through the motions to set up cryptocurrency payment solutions at some point in the future. This is a full-on, well-discussed, integral part of the future mechanism of how Amazon will work, the source told City AM, according to a report published on Sunday. <clears throat> the source indicated that while Bitcoin is the first step in Amazon's crypto ambitions, executives at the company were keen to add other established cryptocurrencies in the future. The directive is coming from the very top, which is referring to Jeff Bezos. They said adding 
this entire project is pretty much ready to roll, end quote. In addition to accepting Bitcoin payments, Amazon is said to be exploring the creation of its own shitcoin, possibly as early as 2022, they said. Speculation <clears throat> about Amazon's entry into the cryptocurrency market has been raging for days after a new posting for digital currency and blockchain product lead appeared on the company's job board last week. As per the job description, the new hire will help develop Amazon's digital currency strategy and product roadmap. The position requires strong domain expertise in blockchain, distributed ledgers, central bank digital currencies, and crypto more generally. This isn't the first crypto-focused job posting in Amazon. As Cointelegraph reported, the e-commerce giant back in February was recruiting a technical lead to help develop its new digital and emerging payments platform. So there you go. Bezos, apparently, you know, not only is he going to jump in, but apparently he's been, they've been preparing the, you know, the water for a while to swim, you know, swim around in the cryptocurrency space. It's not surprising, but here we go. It's one more billionaire who's right now raw-rawing Bitcoin. What have we seen before with Elon Musk? I expect it fully from Jeff Bezos. And it's going to make, uh, well, I mean, when he, when he finally does take a shit all over Bitcoin and starts, you know, full on shit coining, it's not going to stop Bitcoin, but it's probably going to cause a price drawback and, and we're just going to have to deal with it. I wish it was not that way, but I suspect I'm just going to go ahead and assume that Jeff Bezos is not only a bad actor, he's a terrible actor. He's probably a terrible human being. Well, what he did to his wife and, and the whole affair and, you know, the release of the dick pics and all that kind of stuff pretty much shows that Jeff Bezos is a terrible human being. But <clears throat> he is there. He is a force. He has to be reckoned with. I, again, I wish it was not that way, but it is that way. So fuck it. Let's run the numbers. CNBC, futures and commodities, flammable liquids are mixed. Oil is mostly down. <coughs> West Texas Intermediate down half a point to $71.69. Britain or Sea down four-tenths of a point to $73.79. But natural gas is swinging for the fences this morning. Up 2% right now, $4.14 for 1,000 cubic feet. Gasoline down a half point to $2.27 a gallon. All the shiny metal rocks are doing well. Peter Schiff be praised. Gold is up 0.43% to $1,809. Silver up almost a full percent, $25. Well, let's call it 25 and a half bucks. Platinum is up 0.7%. Copper is up a point and a half as well as palladium is up almost a point and a half. Ag futures are mixed. Wheat down one and a half points. Soybeans are down. Corn is down a full point. Sugar is up a quarter point. Coffee is up. What the fuck? 11.96% on top of the 4% rise on Friday, which was on top of the 10% rise last Thursday. I asked on Friday what the hell was going on with coffee. And you guys answered my question. Thank you so much. Let's get into this one. Frost hits Brazilian coffee lands. Extent of damage not yet known. Oh, I'm looking at these future prices. I think it's known. This is 
actually daily coffee news by Roast Magazine. Jonas Ferrazeso is writing this one. Um, Frost, let, well, hold on for a second, let me make sure. Yeah, Frost touched several key coffee, coffee growing regions in parts of the states of Minas, Gerez, Sao Paulo, and Paraná. Uh, compounding troubles for many producers who were already negatively affected by sustained high temperatures in 2020 and then drought conditions earlier this year. While exact losses to Brazilian coffee production as a result of frost exposure may not be known for months, some producers have shared photos of coffee plants with leaves turned brown and black from exposure to freezing temperatures. Reuters recently contacted several Brazilian coffee brokers who were each assessing the damage that one exporting company described as, quote, not negligible, end quote. What follows is an account of the situation in Brazil, as written by Brazilian agronomist and coffee expert Jonas. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. That's all you really need to know. So if you're wondering what the hell is going on with coffee, this is probably what it is. And the extent of the damage is probably much, much greater than they're letting on to believe. Because when I'm going back and I'm looking at CNBC futures and commodities and I'm seeing a 12.62% rise in coffee futures, that tells me something. So overall, like if we just take it, let's, let's just collapse Thursday, Friday, and, and today all into one day. You're talking about what? A 20, what, 27% increase in coffee prices? Dude, coffee, I mean, I like my coffee. I don't want to be paying $22 a pound for it. I mean, I, I mean, I like coffee. I don't like it that much. Holy smokes. So anyway, if you were wondering, as I was wondering, what the hell was going on with coffee? Yeah, it's probably the whole Brazil thing. Uh, cocoa is also up 2.37% in case you're wondering what's going on there. Now, <clears throat> indices. Dow futures are down 0.4. S&P futures down 0.27. NASDAQ futures down 0.14. S&P mini is down 0.31. Let's talk about real money. Bitcoin, whoa, 38,542. A little bit different than the price was on Friday, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I'm not going to get into what happened because I don't know. And this looks like the left-hand side of a BART pattern to me. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm all, you know, oh, what... I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just trying to be a realist here. It, it looks like a pretty clean left-hand side of a BART. So we're going to have to see what happens now. But for right now, $38,500 is a welcome price. Thank you very much, Bitcoin. 210,757 transactions performed in the last 24 hours is 8,782 transactions every hour on average with only a quarter million, actually not even is below a quarter million BTC being sent in that 24 hour period. That's 8,500 BTC being sent every hour on the hour with 0.96 BTC being the average transaction value and 0.016 BTC being the median transaction value, which is $600. Block times are low, nine minutes and 14 seconds with 0.08 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis and 13 BTC being taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period, uh, we've had 2% increase in the hash rate and we are now at 105 exahashes per second and your shitcoin indicator being Dogecoin has rebounded from its 16 pennies all the way up to almost a quarter. 
22.3 United States pennies and it ain't worth shit. So don't buy Doge. 2,000 transactions are in, uh, are in waiting and they are waiting on two blocks to clear. We have, woo, wow, $723 billion of market capitalization. We've reclaimed 6.12% of gold's entire market cap and we can now buy 21.2 ounces of shiny metal rocks with our one Bitcoin, of which there are 18,767,047.75 BTC in circulation. And almost 2,000 of those are in the Lightning Network. 1,989.99 BTC is in the Lightning Network at a capacity value of <clears throat> $76.7 million. Let me pause. This, okay, we are now down, okay, a block has cleared since I just started talking about this. We are now down to 719 transactions waiting on one block to clear. My recommendations, if you were thinking about opening lightning channels, I would do them now. And <clears throat> while I used to think that a 1 million Satoshi channel was, uh, was good enough, no. Uh, you need to be looking at 5 million Satoshi channels. Okay, uh, I would, I, if I had to do it over again, I would have not done a million dollar ring of fire. Uh, if you're wondering what ring of fire is, it's a group of people who have come together on Telegram to basically not negotiate, but basically, you know, advertise the fact that you're interested in opening a lightning network and they have circular chains of balance channels and you can slip into one of those. I, if I had to do it over again, I would have gone for the 5 million uh, Satoshi ring or possibly a 10 million Satoshi ring. Yes, I know it's a lot of money, but I'm getting the feeling that if we open our lightning channels now with good people on the other side, <clears throat> that we are not going to be disappointed in a couple of years. Just saying. Continuing on. The Lightning Network has uh, almost 13,000 nodes that we know about, <clears throat> boasting 58,500 payment channels that we can see, and 70.3% of the entirety of the Lightning Network is now being run over Tor. And I do believe that that is yet another all-time high. 1,399.31 BTC are in the Tor side of the Lightning Network, and that's being run over 7,672 Lightning nodes that we know about. Clark Moody has a price of Bitcoin at 38,480. That's gonna do it for Vitals. Welcome to part two, the snooze that you can use. Helen Parts has this next one from Cointelegraph. Binance, D-list, the Euro, the, the Great British Pound, and the Australian dollar margin trading pairs, <laughs> as if as if Binance couldn't uh, couldn't be uh, pantsed even more soundly by regulators. Global cryptocurrency exchange Binance continues restricting support for some of its trading services amid ongoing regulatory crackdowns. Binance officially announced on Monday that the exchange would delist margin trading pairs of three fiat currencies, including the euro, Australian dollar, and British pound sterling. <clears throat> According to the announcement, Binance will suspend mentioned fiat pay trading pairs on August the 10th and then switch to automatic settlement and cancel all related pending orders. The isolated margin trading pairs will be entirely delisted from the exchange two days later on August the 12th. 
The latest trading restrictions come in line with Binance's aggressive efforts to curb trading risks alongside its recent decision to significantly limit leverage trading, reducing maximum leverage positions from 125x to 20x on Binance futures. I'm going to pause. Be it known. 125x leverage is bad. Okay, it's just bad. Reducing it to 20x, don't do shit. You can get twice as wrecked on 2x leverage. Okay, you, uh, there's, do, stay if you have to trade. If you're an addicted, degenerate gambler and you absolutely will die if you do not trade, at least don't use leverage. It will kill you, man. And whether, uh, this whole thing from 125x to 20x, don't make a hill of beans. It doesn't, doesn't freaking matter. There are very, very few people that go above 20x. There are actually, that's almost, there's almost no one that goes above 20x. Most people don't go above 1.5, right? Just stop with the leverage shit. So they're, they're talking about this like this is, a, here's what we're doing for you. You did nothing. 20x can get you just as wrecked as 125x. I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. Quote, margin trading carries a substantial risk and the possibility of both significant profits and losses. Past gains are not indicative of future returns. All your margin balance may be liquidated in the event of extreme price movements, the announcement notes. Crypto margin trading is a method of trading cryptocurrencies through borrowing funds and allowing traders to access bigger capital to leverage their positions. Similarly to Binance Futures, Binance margin trading services were, were launched in July of 2019. The exchange specifically lets users open a position with their capital and the amount of asset that they want to purchase by automatically lending them funds requiring to open a position based on maximum applicable leverage. The exchange also automatically deducts the repay amount and other charges while closing a position. Binance did not respond to, you know, requests for comment, of course. The news comes amid Binance facing increased scrutiny from global regulations and financial institutions recently. <clears throat> the exchange has been served multiple warnings from authorities in the United States, the UK, Italy, and other countries. A number of British financial institutions like Barclays and NatWest Bank have also started blocking payments to Binance since late June. That's financial censorship. That's why we Bitcoin, bitches. Crypto margin trading is a method of trading cryptocurrencies through borrowing funds and allowing traders to access. Yeah, I know. You already said that. Stop repeating whole paragraphs, dude. Um, let's see. They, it looks like they reported uh, or, oh my God, they printed two paragraphs twice. Dude. Do some editing. Binance, yeah, no, three, now three paragraphs. They they literally just, oh my God. Sorry, guys. I didn't, I didn't see bad editing coming, you know, coming to me. Let's just move on on this Monday morning at 6.41 a.m. New Jersey Pension invested $7 million in Bitcoin mining stocks last quarter. Not Bitcoin directly, but the miners. Check that shit out, dude. This is out of Nasdaq.com. Danny Nelson is uh, writing it from Coindesk. Apparently, they picked up the story. New Jersey's pension fund chased crypto mining's upside last quarter with multi-billion dollar bets. 
on two of the industry's largest names. The state managed pension into June with 3.66 million in Riot blockchain and 3.39 million in Marathon Digital Holdings, according to disclosure documents. New Jersey's Common Pension Fund D has 30 billion in total assets for state employees. Let's pause. 7 million out of 30 billion, drop in the bucket, dude. This allocation appears to be New Jersey's first in the crypto sector. Other state-run pension schemes have also warmed to Bitcoin mining stocks in recent months, most notably California's. The New York or New Jersey Division of Investment did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Well, of course not. They're they're not going to. But so here's the deal. The pension funds the the managers of those funds would be wrecked as fuck if they directly bought Bitcoin. Honestly, I don't think they're legally able to buy Bitcoin directly, which is why everybody wants an ETF so that pension funds can have some exposure to Bitcoin in a better way than GBTC. But the fact that they're buying mining stocks means that they get, they get exposure and they're not having to do it through GBTC and they're not having to do it through an ETF. So it now appears that Bitcoin mining stocks much like MicroStrategy and in some kind of way, Tesla is like buying a Bitcoin ETF. Legally, they can do it because it's a publicly traded company that's passed muster and the SEC is signed off and everything looks, you know, just hunky dory. It's, this is going to be interesting because once they, once they get their feet wet with mining stocks, then they're probably going to go and start buying through ETF if the SEC will ever get off their ass and give us an ETF. <clears throat> but then they're going to start buying Bitcoin directly. What regulations have to change for that to occur? I do not know. I am not a regulatory specialist. If you do know what has to change in the landscape, at least in the United States, for publicly, you know, or not publicly traded companies, but for pension funds to be able to directly hold BTC, please let me know. I, I enjoy, you know, when I, like when I asked about coffee and somebody said, well, here you go. I'm, now I'm asking about this. What needs to change for pension funds to be able to buy and hold Bitcoin directly? Can you point me to the regulations and why, or at least a story as to why they're not able to do that right now? I know they're not, but I don't know why. And it would be useful for me to know why. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. BlockFi says Vermont has joined ranks of states probing the crypto lender. Oh no. So add Vermont to Alabama, Texas, and New Jersey. Holy shit. In battle, cryptocurrency lender BlockFi is facing scrutiny from regulators in a fourth state, Vermont, over the legality of its interest account product. According to BlockFi's website, securities regulators in Vermont have issued an order on the matter. What the order said is yet not known, but it comes as agencies in Alabama, Texas, and New Jersey are investigating whether the firm's marquee offering, the BlockFi Interest Account, or BIA, violates local securities laws. New Jersey has given BlockFi until July 29th to explain itself before the state bars the firm from opening new accounts. BlockFi has encountered that, or has countered that it does not believe that it, BIA is a security. It said it is in active discussions with regulators on this matter. Neither BlockFi nor Vermont Department of Financial Regulation responded to a request for comment. Of course not. Of course not. Let's move on. <clears throat> New Yorktown wants to ban ugly Bitcoin miners. Oh. <laughs> 
ugly Bitcoin miners. Let's see, this is uh, Tim Hockey from Decrypt.co. <clears throat> a town in the north of New York State plans to impose a 90-day moratorium on crypto mining farms while it figures out how to regulate them, reported WWNY-TV. But it's not because they suck up Messina's cheap electricity or pollute the environment. Residents of the 12,000-strong town near the Canadian border are worried that the increasing number of crypto miners that have settled near the town are an eyesore. <clears throat> town supervisor Steve O'Shaughnessy, O'Shaughnessy, yeah, told WWNY, we don't want Messina to be littered with these trailers that are pumping out Bitcoin. We just want to make sure if they're going to come here that it's a nice presentable building. Okay, this is a different one, man. This is almost one I can, I can almost get behind this, and I'll tell you why in a minute. Messina Electric, the town's utility company, is negotiating with three mining operations and has imposed a moratorium on any other miners. <clears throat> one of the mining operations, Petawatt Group, bought 140 acres two years ago. Aside from mining, it plans to use some of its stretch of Messina to grow plant proteins for meat substitutes, which would create more jobs, said co-founder Jason Rappaport. Miners across the United States have filed some of the, filled some of the void left by China's crypto crackdown. The latest bout of the country's ongoing crackdown started in May, but data from the Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance shows that China's share of Bitcoin network hash rate had already dropped from 75% in September 2019 to 46% by April of this year. Over the same period, the United States surge in popularity amongst miners. America's share of Bitcoin hash rate grew more than fourfold, guys, from 4.1% to 16.8% to become the second largest hub for Bitcoin mining in the world. Wow. Okay. Now, back to the eyesore thing. Okay. See, I, honestly, that's a, that's a viable bitch. That one I can see. I can also see a viable bitch about fan noise, right? Because if you're living under a constant hum of anything, whether it's a Bitcoin miner or you live too close to uh, uh, high, uh, high voltage transmission lines will hum a lot of times. There's a lot of people that bitch about all the windmills that are out, you know, out littering the United States, great American West because they put out a low frequency hum that you can't hear. You can more feel it and it drives people crazy. I got a buddy that spent like, I think it was maybe seven years, if not 10 years. And he was a mathematician working at a company in Austin that specifically would be called out to factories like Bosch and places like that to figure out how to reduce noise because it was that bad. I mean, there, there, there were workers that were literally coming to work with headphones on to, you know, with noise canceling headphones because they were being driven crazy. There are whole, there's a whole industry on how to limit the amount of noise something puts off. Miners put off a shitload of noise. Understanding that this story is not about noise. I'm just saying that there, there are some, some, I'm going to say, uh, there are some high quality arguments that have that are only now coming to light with at least with this particular story and the the argument against bitcoin mining for energy usage and going to boil the lakes and oceans and is going to like use all the world's energy by 2022 that's all bullshit 
Okay, those those are illegitimate bitch fests. Okay, though this one, however, brings to brings to the fore a good point. And if you're a follower of Wrath of Non, G N O N, I believe on Twitter, you'll understand that his bitch is very much like this bitch. We don't build buildings for beauty anymore. We don't build them to last anymore. There's no purpose in the buildings that we build anymore, at least not in the West. We used to have gorgeous architectures. Now they throw up a Chick-fil-A and it's like, it looks like everything else. They throw up a Burger King and it's like, it makes, when you start really walking around, if you really look at where Chick-fil-A is or where a Burger King is, you start to understand that it doesn't make a lot of sense. It just, it kind of doesn't. We don't build buildings for beauty and function and, you know, and, and, and longevity any longer. If Bitcoin mining were to adopt a more like, we're going to build a really nice building. Yeah, it's going to eat into your overhead. Suck it up, dude. You know, start living in the world. Start living in the world. And if, you, if you're going to make some money, spend it on a nice building. Not, I'm not talking like go to your, your run-of-the-mill, you know, average architecture firm that is hired by Burger King to build yet one more burger stand that looks like everything else on the face of the, on the planet. Build a nice building. Build something that makes a statement. Build something that is going to also, your enclosures, you know, soundproof them. You know, figure out a way to reduce noise. We're not going to boil the oceans. We're not going to, you know, dry up lakes and rivers and shit like that. But what we can do is we can reduce noise and we can put a nice looking building in. It's not that big of a deal. I mean, for a metal, I mean, you spend like another 15% on top of whatever your metal shed is going to be for at least a facade. At the very least, a facade that looks nice. And you can alleviate some of this stuff. Better yet, build a church. I mean a big church, like a cathedral, and put the miners inside of it. I'm talking about like just the architecture of a church, like a cathedral or something. Not that you're going to have church services. I'm just saying, go for beauty. Go for awe-inspiring. Go like If you're not following Wrath of Non on Twitter, I highly recommend that Twitter account because the pictures that he puts up and the reasoning he gives behind why architecture used to be the way it was versus what it is now is mind-blowing. And I have never, ever, ever looked back. Let's end this one with video games. Indie game hides free Bitcoin for players. Ekin Gank is writing this one for Decrypt.co. A computer game about finding stolen beards in Beardsville will give away free Bitcoin to the first player that solves in-game puzzles. The game, Who Stole My Beard, contains 12 scraps of virtual paper, each containing a single word. Together, the scraps comprise the seed phrase to an Electrum wallet with real Bitcoin in it for the first person who can crack the code. Seed phrases are a string of random words that allow whoever possesses them to access the cryptocurrency wallet. The developer, Californian one-man band Neil Collier, said he transferred some Bitcoin to a wallet but didn't disclose how much. Quote, I got converted to Bitcoin about a year ago and I love it, Colliers wrote on Reddit yesterday. Quote, anything to raise awareness of Bitcoin and promote my passion project, end quote. 
Some prospective players on Reddit raised concerns about bots ruining the fun, as often happens in crypto, by mining the game for seed phrases. Collier didn't reply to those concerns. The game will be released on August the 2nd and can only be bought with fiat. Collier said he will also release a version that can be bought with Bitcoin. Aside from Bitcoin, the retro RPG detective game is set in a town where everyone is required by law to have a beard. The player, together with his pet dog, Leo, must solve a mystery using fake beards, goofy items, and questionable wit. The hell's questionable wit? <laughs> anyway, according to a press release, in practice, that means darts, trivia, talking to NPCs, and playing wacky minigames. Who Stole My Beard follows Collier's other games, Football, The Hardest Job, and RPG Character Builder. So there you go. If you're interested in video games and Bitcoin, this game may be for you. I haven't looked at it myself, but it, I don't know, probably worth a shot. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. All right, we're starting the week out strong. Stay strong. We'll give you a joke. Dad says jokes. Delighted to say I finally got a new job installing mirrors. Nothing fancy, but it was something I could always see myself doing. You guys be good out there. Be safe. Be kind to each other. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.